Welcome to the Three Martini Lunch. Grab a stool next to Greg Corumbus of Radio America and Jim Garrity of National Review. Three Martinis coming up. It is Thursday on the Three Martini Lunch. Really glad you are with us. We've been scraping and scrambling and scrounging for good news, and we actually do have some, but we have to start off with bad news today, except for the fact that, once again, we're sponsored by Acre Gold. That's good news. Get acregold.com slash martini. Much more on them in just a moment. But, uh, Jim, we have two very bad martinis here, which will be kind of the sandwich with the good news in the middle. But the worst uh, news of the day is by far the unemployment numbers. CNBC uh, with the story here, Americans displaced by the coronavirus crisis filed unemployment claims in record numbers last week, with the Labor Department reporting Thursday a surge to 3.2 million in a week. The number shatters the Great Recession peak of 665,000 in March of 2009 and the all-time mark of 695,000 in October of 1982. The previous week, which reflected the period before the worst of the coronavirus hit, was 282,000, which was higher than expected at the time. And this nearly 3.3 million number uh, greatly exceeds the 1.5 million expectation here. So, uh, Jim, I've got even more bad news as this conversation continues. But this is uh, a bigger gut punch than we could have ever anticipated. Yeah. I mean, basically, everybody knew it was going to be bad. We, We didn't know how bad it was going to be. Um, as I was writing the morning jolt today, I checked on a Reuters story that basically had said most people were expecting at least a million. The highest number was uh, the, the worst estimate, the, the most pessimistic assessment was 4 million. So we were below the most pessimistic you know, put, uh, guess or prediction, but really not that much below it. I, that's, you know, the, that, that's really not much of a silver lining. I think it makes the discussion about this particular relief bill, and I think the editors of National Review make a very strong point. This is not, it really shouldn't be called a stimulus bill because it's not attempting to stimulate. It's more of a resuscitation, right? We, you go through it and you try to think about what parts of the economy are still working right now. Well, obviously healthcare, right? Obviously, you know, but they're you know, uh, running to apex. But again, everybody's waiving the costs of, of, you know, most of these tests and most of these treatments and everybody's figuring out, figure out how we're going to pay for it later, save lives now. Uh, grocery stores are still working, obviously. Um, but beyond that, basic government services, uh, you know, banks, uh, you know, are, you know, most bank offices are generally closed. I guess moving money is still moving around here and there. But basically, we have brought large swaths of our economy to a full stop. And when you do that, unsurprisingly, you get layoffs and you get massive amounts of layoffs. Other little anecdotes that kind of give you a sense of just how intense it is California was estimating they've got about 100,000 people filing for unemployment each day. A lot of state websites have been crashing because they are simply not set up to handle uh, that kind of sheer overwhelming demand for that. You know, this is a a really serious situation, which makes all of the wrangling and all of the partisan games and all of the little, you know, requirements for, uh, you know, emission standards for airlines and all that stuff, all the extraneous stuff that got stuck into the Nancy Pelosi version of the recovery bill got thrown in there. And it just is, it struck me as even more appalling when you see just how bad it's going to be. I also think these numbers, look, we're going to have a great deal of debate about how much economic pain we can suffer in exchange for saving lives and minimizing people's exposure to the coronavirus through self-quarantine. 
numbers like this indicate this, this, you know, not only can this not go indefinitely, this is going to have to stop at some point. And it may make a lot more sense to have opening up portions of the economy or parts of the country where it's not that bad. Um, because this is really, really intense uh, economic hit. Again, you know, when you when you slam the brakes on all of your economy, other than a handful of sectors, you're going to have numbers like this, and this is you know really not sustainable for millions of Americans. No, it's absolutely not. And as we just see with these numbers, the uh, projections can be all over the place, way too low, way too high. So always take any projections with a grain of salt. But Jim Pathakukas over at the American Enterprise Institute is a pretty sober-minded guy. You don't have a lot of. Uh, wild-haired radicals over at AEI, and he's quoting uh, Capital Economics US, and just, I hadn't heard of them before, but looking at their Twitter feed, they look pretty wonky. They don't seem to have much of a partisan agenda, and he's quoting them here. With containment measures still being extended, we now expect GDP to plunge by 40% annualized in the second quarter, with as many as 14 million jobs likely to be lost over the coming months, pushing the unemployment rate up to around 12%, which is higher than the 2009 peak. So, Jim, we don't know how long this is going to last, but when you see the numbers like we saw today, you have to brace yourself for what could be really bad. Well, let's talk about some good news here, and we'll, we'll talk about Acre Gold. Uh, and right now, we need to uh, let you know that we're really grateful for Acre Gold for sponsoring this episode, because uh, given a lot of the uncertainty with the markets and in the economy, we want to make you aware of something that is quite timely. Introducing Acre, the new subscription platform for gold. Acre lets you make small monthly payments and then sends gold straight to your doorstep every few months. You don't have to break the bank. You can start buying gold for just $50 a month and watch your gold grow. Acre will keep you updated on your gold stash as you make progress. Once your gold stash reaches the price of a 2.5 gram Acre gold bar, they will discreetly ship you your gold. Easy, safe, and secure. For more information, go to getacregold.com slash martini or by clicking the link in our show notes and start your Acre Gold subscription today. Make sure you go to our URL because Acre is giving away a gold bar for the month of March. To have a chance at winning, listeners can tweet why they should win and mention at get underscore Acre to win the free gold. For details, go to getacregold.com slash martini. Look for the link in our listener notes and hey, good luck. All right, Jim, we do have some good news. It's not in the United States, but it relates to the United States. This is USA Today's version because the news broke this morning. Venezuela President Nicolas Maduro was charged with federal drug trafficking crimes as part of a far-reaching U.S. investigation stretching from New York to Florida, officials said Thursday. Attorney General William Barr announced the extraordinary action, saying that charges were also filed against more than a dozen other Venezuelan officials, including the country's Supreme Court Chief Justice and the Minister of Defense. Maduro's government authorities said, quote, betrayed the Venezuelan people to line their pockets with drug money. The years-long investigation revealed a government immersed in, quote, corruption at the highest levels. So, Jim, I'm sure the idea that the Venezuelan regime would line its own pockets while their people can't find food and are killing their own pets to stay alive really shocks you. Yeah, yeah. But uh, look, if you thought Nicolas Maduro had a good reason to self-quarantine before, now, now, now he really has a good reason to stay away from people because you never know who might say, hey, you know what? Department of Justice says I can get $15 million for this. We will see if that leads to any strong leads or, or things like that. I don't know if you'd say a good martini, but just a silver uh, lining. As you look at what's going on up in New York City, you look at how the United States, which is one of you know, the wealthiest country in the world, uh, one of the most powerful countries in the world, most uh, uh, technologically advanced countries in the world. We have a lot of advantages as we take on a problem like the coronavirus. A country like Venezuela, really doesn't. And Venezuela's people who have already been suffering under 
an absolutely corrupt government, a failed economic system, explosions of poverty, uh, lawless, you know, it's either lawlessness or it's brutality and very little in between. Uh, they're in really bad shape. I figure if, you know, if, if any of these regimes around the world are not that stable, the coronavirus could be the push that basically topples them completely. You got to look at the response in Iran right now. Um, I don't know how strong all these other authoritarian regimes around the world are. Um, apparently earlier today, Russia said that they have, they're, they're acknowledging the existence of the coronavirus and that they have a problem there. So as bad as the situation is going to get for us, we have certain strengths as a democratic republic that people's republics do not have. And I kind of wonder what the future holds for regimes like that. So Jim, it's great that he's being indicted and so forth, but you know, other leaders in other countries, it's kind of hard to arrest them unless they're actually deposed. We did actually prosecute Manuel Noriega way back when, but uh, usually this is kind of more for show than for actual prosecution. Do you think there's any chance we ever actually get our hands on this guy? Uh, I don't know. And Greg, we're in a situation where, particularly when it, as we saw with some Iranian mullahs, we might get him or the coronavirus might get him before we do. Speaking of the coronavirus, uh, let's go back to that here for our bad martini number two. Uh, it could certainly be classified as crazy, but I think the evil here is uh, what classifies it as bad. This is from um, WDAF and CNN. A Missouri man who was allegedly plotting a bombing is dead after a shooting incident with the FBI. Federal authorities said Timothy Watson, 36, was part of a domestic terror investigation because he was preparing an attack on a hospital. Watson was reportedly upset with the government's actions toward the spread of coronavirus and was planning a bombing at a Kansas City area hospital that was providing critical care during the current coronavirus pandemic. The FBI also said Watson was a potentially violent extremist who was spurred by racist and anti-governmental rhetoric. So, Jim, there's a lot of things we don't need right now, and this is right at the top of the list. My first thought was whether we were going to have foreign terrorism or Al-Qaeda or ISIS or some other related terror group trying to take advantage of this. Uh, but obviously we have domestic terrorists and we have, uh, you know, this, this is the first example. You know, hopefully this turns out to be the only one, but you kind of think about it. We have a formula for trouble right now. A country obviously before coronavirus had a lot of homegrown extremists, radicals, lunatics, stuff like that. Your garden variety uh, scum of the earth. Greg, I don't know if you saw up in New Jersey, we've already had at least one nut job who deliberately coughed on strangers and then told, claimed that he had given them the coronavirus. Uh, he's been arrested by police. And oh, by the way, if you're dumb enough to do that, according to the U.S. Department of Justice, you can be charged with making a terrorist threat because the coronavirus is considered a biological agent. So don't do that, even if you thought you're going to as some stupid prank or something like that. Um, but just think about what everybody that, you know, sane people are feeling right now. Stress, fear, anxiety, uh, a sense of tension, uh, the, the fact that the news is very often grim, how people would deal with that is by connecting with people, right? Talking to your loved ones, talking to your support network. And of course, because of the social distancing of the coronavirus, you can't, or at least you can't do it face to face. Now you, you take, say, you know, your average uh, person is a radical or, or extremist of one form or another. And you see state and local officials who are shutting businesses down and instituting uh, restrictions and quarantines and curfews and all kinds of things that they would never do in normal times, but obviously they're doing it now because of the threat of the coronavirus. And it's straight out of the paranoid fantasy of your typical, you know, radical militia groups. Uh, this, I add this up. This is a very bad situation. I have no idea if this is going to be none of them. I'm glad the FBI is still on the case. I am glad that domestic law enforcement is still on the case. I feel like this is the last thing we need. 
the FBI's statement about this is kind of vague. So I don't know if he ever had an actual functioning truck bomb or other bomb. But we know that it doesn't take an enormous amount of expertise to put together something that could explode. And could you imagine somebody going to one of these hospitals right now and trying to blow something up? Uh, it is the nightmare scenario because you're trying to evacuate people from a serious you know, uh, explosion crisis situation and you're thinking about, oh my goodness, am I putting myself at exposure for the coronavirus? I'm hoping this is the last we speak of this sort of thing, but uh, you know, in, a, in a dangerous situation, the actions of the already paranoid and dangerous and extremist have the potential to make a bad situation much, much worse. <sighs> well, Jim, I guess crazy doesn't take a holiday uh, just because we're all quarantined essentially right now. So let's hope for better news tomorrow since we're almost at the end of the week and uh, we'll talk to you then. Uh, we're almost to Friday, Greg. And after that, we have a nice weekend of sheltering in place and self-quarantining to look forward to. See you tomorrow, Greg. Jim Garrity of National Review. I'm Greg Corumbus of Radio America. Thanks so much for being with us today. Don't forget our fine sponsors over at Acre Gold, getacregold.com slash martini. Please do subscribe to the podcast if you don't already. Leave us a kind review. We always appreciate those. And don't forget, you can get us on those home devices. All you have to say is play Three Martini Lunch Podcast. And please join us Friday for the next Three Martini Lunch.